Hello, welcome to the Friday, October 28th, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. The Lockheed ransomware is making continuous changes to the emails that deliver its downloader. Today, I actually saw two different changes. First of all, they changed the content type to application octet stream, not the usual application SIP. And uh, then actually a few hours later, they went with application X compressed. All of this will have the same effect on the user that they'll be offered a compressed file to download and then when they run it, of course, the ransomware will be downloaded next. But I think the goal here is to bypass some of the mail filters that will look for specific content types and then not filter some of these less common content types. So make sure that you cover them all and if you see some of these downloaders make it past your mail filter then it's probably because of these new content types overall the basic scheme here still remains the same where what you will be offered is a compressed visual basic script or javascript or something along these lines that will then download additional parts now on the plus side here for the defenders, it looks like uh, antivirus is getting a little bit better in detecting uh, these compressed downloaders. Uh, Sophos, for example, today got every single one of them as soon as I received them. Uh, Symantec and McAfee still seem to have a little bit issues with the downloaders, but I didn't do a complete run to see what happens when I actually ran these downloaders. And as expected, we got updated versions of Internet Explorer, Microsoft Edge, and Google Chrome in order to address yesterday's Adobe Flash vulnerability. These browsers have Adobe Flash built in, so don't forget to update the browser. You don't get a separate Flash plugin for those browsers. And over the last few years, if you're asking a company for support, it has become very popular to do so publicly via Twitter. And most companies have set up specific Twitter accounts to respond to these kind of customer service inquiries. Have used this myself a couple times successfully. And actually, it has sort of become known as a better, faster way to some accomplish things with large companies. Well, Sometimes you wonder what took so long, but apparently fraudsters are now setting up accounts that look like companies' support accounts and then are responding to customers, in particular, of course, uh, banks and the like. And then they ask their customers for, for example, account credentials, account numbers and the like in order to impersonate these users. Pretty nifty trick, and like I said, uh, really somewhat expected that things like this will happen. Be always careful, in particular with Twitter. You know, Twitter has these direct messages that are supposed to be private, but really easy to mess up there and uh, send something public that you intended to send private originally. If it does involve credentials, account numbers, and the like in particular with a financial institution, you're probably better off calling them directly. 
The particular case mentioned by Proofpoint in their blog uh, involves uh, Barclays, uh, but it also, according to the blog, has been used against PayPal. And then, of course, it's always useful to look out for any lookalike accounts, misspellings and the like, just uh, what you do with phishing sites and uh, typo domains. And then we got an interesting vulnerability in TAR, the old Unix archive utility. After all, TAR stands for tape archive. The bug was introduced originally in 2003 and apparently not recognized until now. This particular vulnerability allows an attacker to overwrite files outside of the prefix that the user provides to direct tar to extract files into a specific directory. So with this, an attacker could, for example, add a cron job, in particular, if tar is run as root. If it's not run as root, the attacker, of course, could, for example, add a malicious authorized key files in order to allow the attacker to connect to the system via SSH. So a number of different attack scenarios here, none of them very good. The root cause here is that TAR in 2003 came up with its own sort of path cleanup function, which isn't quite correct. Before that, they actually outright refused to extract any files with a dot dot in the path and they avoided the issue there, but they tried to be a little bit more forgiving, a little bit more fancy in 2003 and that's when they introduced this vulnerability. Well, that's it for today. So thanks again for listening. And I have one request. I set up a little poll and all I really ask for is if there's one thing that you could improve about this podcast, let me know. And then if there are any new media, any new ways how we can publish this podcast. Actually, a listener just told me, I think a week ago, that Amazon's Echo has this flash briefing feature and we're trying now to get get this podcast added as an option here to the flash briefing. So if there's anything like this where we should add this podcast, uh, let me know. You'll find a link uh, to this uh, survey in the show notes. I'll also tweet about it later. That's it. Thanks for listening and talk to you again on Monday. Bye.